With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, the founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. With me is the co-host, 1996 Olympic silver medalist, 1995 world champion, Dennis Hall. Dennis, uh, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You don't sound convincing. No, I am. I feel good. I had a uh, few rests and practices today. They went well, so it's good day. All right. Well, uh, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. With us tonight is Joe Betterman. Uh, long, long list of credentials here. Uh, I think everybody knows who he is. Uh, something sick like what? Uh, Joe, what is it? Eight time national team member? Something like that? Was it eight? Yeah. Yeah, eight. You know, but uh, I mean, those are just numbers. <laughs> I mean, we're. <laughs> They didn't really hit the goals I wanted, but, uh, you know, I, I got to leave my marks. So, but eight, eight time national team member. Right. Well, a couple, few open titles, right? Um, uh, Olympic team trials champion. That's what it's called. It's called the Olympic team trials. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's a reason why I'm saying that. And, uh, a bruising yet technical beast when he was competing. One of the more, high-profile wrestlers this country had from the mid-aughts on. And post-wrestling, he is the co-owner and founder of Betterman Elite in Colorado, along with being the chairman for Colorado USA Wrestling. So, uh, hey, Joe, thanks a lot for taking the time out and being with us tonight, man. No no problem at all, and thank you guys for having me. Ah, well, it's a, it's a party in here. It's a party in here. <laughs> Hall's always in a party mood. For sure. <laughs> All right, well, obviously, we have to run through the World Team Trials. It's the major event in this country, unless it's an Olympic year. And there are a few individual performances and highlights we should probably bring up, uh, going by your two, both of your competitive careers. Uh, maybe the Hafiz off Tuma final was one uh, you probably want to talk about. I think a lot of people expected it to you know, come down to that, uh, you know, Tuma coming down from 66 this year, you know, practically just to do this. I, th- I think, though, he'll be back up to uh, 66 Friday at the Pan Ams. Uh, Joe, let's start with you. I know you understand the inside of the WCAP room better than most. Uh, what did you think of, you know, let's isolate, you know, the finals between Hafizov and Tuma, but even if just both of their performances on Saturday? You know, per- uh, personally, I mean, I mean, they both wrestled great um, going up in, into the finals, but uh, I think the finals, I think uh, Tuma really wrestled reserved. Uh, you know, he wasn't the same Tuma we saw in December. Um, you know, he, he held, I wouldn't say held back, but he didn't go for the big moves. 
he uh, he wrestled two reserve and, and didn't put any big points on the board because of it. Um, and Ildar, that's the wrong person to wrestle against uh, like that because he wants to wrestle reserved and then and then explode and get his points going. He doesn't want to push the pace. And if Tuma would have pushed the pace and opened him up and you know attempted those big throws like he did against Mango in the finals at the Open, I think um, the results would have been a little different or we would at least saw a, a round three. So do you think it was tension? Do you think it was nerves? I think a little bit of nerves. You know, he's a, that's his first big show. Other than the Open, okay, at, winning nationals is one thing. But no one's going to write home all the time if you're a national champ. They're going to write home when you make the world team. So I think, you know, being in the finals of his first uh, senior world team trials, I think uh, he got really nervous. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I can't speak on the coaching or speak on what's going on in the room too much because I'm not in there every day. But I, I think that maybe he just started shutting it down and just, you know, was thinking he was going to squeeze by and get a 1-1 victory or something like that. And that, that seems to be the case with a lot of the wrestlers these days. They they think uh, they're going to win that one-to-one, and you never know how the referee is going to call the match. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, he's an explosive athlete. He certainly, you know, didn't have an opportunity to show that in the final uh, whether that was by choice well, or whether look what he did. If you look what he did with Mango, with Ryan, two explosive athletes, he went out there as soon as the whistle blown, he was trying to throw like within the first 15, 20 seconds, this guy's trying to throw. And then he gets up and then he tries to throw again. He pretty much almost gets caught up on his back the first time. And then he gets up and he throws again, and you know, and then he throws again. He throws three, gets three throws in one match. Um, you didn't see him try to throw at all during the, uh, the Yildar match. So, Paul, is there something to that first-time trials, um, first-time trials final specifically? Uh, you know, I don't know. What happens? Is there a switch? You know, some guys turn it on, you some know, guys I don't. Think, I think it's up to the athlete. You know, I I made first world team. I was third at nationals in 1990, and, you know, I went to the world team trials and ended up winning the world team trials. So I think it's definitely up to the athlete. I think, you know, the mindset can't change because of the tournament. The the mindset's got to stay the same in every tournament you compete at. You know, you got to have that killer mindset and always going for the juggler. Sometimes it's going to bite you in the ass and sometimes it won't, you know. But at the same time, I'd rather throw a kitchen sink at somebody and and come up short because they countered or maybe, you know, I just fell short. Yeah, that's interesting. If only because, you know, I wonder sometimes, too, if if these performances, you know, are at all indicative of the current culture, just the way the sport is wrestled as well. You know, I mean, it's I mean, but aside from the scores, I think I think Halfley's off in Tuma was seven, three and seven, one. Um if I'm not mistaken. I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, uh, seven to three, seven one. So I mean, there's nothing really to write home other than Ildar's, Ildar's wrestling. But uh, you know, I I believe he got a. I, I watched that match and he got a good lift, in one of the matches. Um, a side lift it looked like. Paul, to me, that, that's uh, you know, you're wrestling basically a foreigner in our mm-hmm. uh world team trials so you know what if you don't have a lot of experience wrestling guys like that 
they're going to know how to shut you down. You got to be able to open them up and and uh, push the pace. And, you know, I know Elder's been in the States for a while now, but he's got the advantage in the United States because of where he's come from, the system he grew up in. His technical background is, is way better than even against Tuma. And Tuma had a great coach like Yvonne, but, you know, just like uh, Dennis is saying, the, the the, the amount of the system he came through was all technique and um but not so much emphasis on conditioning and i i think in hayden's uh probably that something that hurt him is and hurts some of our younger generation i think dennis can speak on this too is these guys don't train to be beat the guys internationally if you train like like dennis did to just beat foreigners you're automatically going to win national champs and win win world team trials and make teams but if you train only to beat, you know, Americans and you're, you know, you're not wrestling a certain style, you think you're going to be able to wrestle that foreign style against another foreign wrestler. It's not going to happen. You're not going to beat an Ildar if you're just going to, okay, let's see who can, who can outslide the other guy. He should have pushed the pace and tried to wear him out, wear him down. And then, uh, then he could open him up and he would have looked like a technical genius himself if he would have got him tired first. Yep. I agree. Right. Well, I mean, there, but, there's one thing I always come back to with Happy's off is that he's at that weight class. Uh, he's he's the most polished, you know, but just he's clean. Everything. He doesn't seem like he's. You know what? Actually, I'll turn it back around in a second. The other most technical guy at 59 kilograms was Max Nowry, who wound up taking third. Uh, making the national team, it beat Ryan Mango in the – I think he beat Ryan twice, in fact, on Saturday. And the funny part about this uh, – now, obviously, you know, I'm mentioning Nowry for two reasons. A, because his performance deserves to be acknowledged, and that's fantastic. Also because, uh, you know, Joe Betterman, I understand that you have a relationship with Nowry as well. Um, here's something funny, kind of funny, is that a few weeks ago – I'm getting ready to start the previews for all the weight classes leading up to the trials and things like that. And we're putting them together and I call a uh, hall. We're talking about 59, you know, at the time we didn't, you know, uh, we didn't know where Jesse Thielke was going to be and this, that, that, this We, but you knew who the, the main guys were and I'm talking and I'm sidestepping Max a little bit, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it could be Ildar, and it could be Ryan and Ildar, depending on – I didn't know how they were going to bracket them. Uh, it, you know, whatever. I'm just – all these matchups in my head I'm thinking are going to decide this. And, and Hall goes, what about Max Nowry? He's always capable of doing something. <laughs> and then there it was, Nowry. Uh, I mean, two wins over – over Ryan, and uh, I think he had a uh, – what did he have? He had, a, I think, a 4-2 victory over Dalton Roberts, if I'm not mistaken, in the Constellation semifinal. I'm pretty sure. See, I can tell you right now. No, um, I, I, think I, I think I got it. Um, but, Joe, you, you know Matt and Max really well. Uh, you know, I, I'm, in my head, I look at Max as a 55 for next year. But then he goes and has a weekend like this. Uh, what what what's going on with him? What's his future going to be? You know, I tell you, Max is by far, and and I, I've joked. You know, he's at my house all the time in Mango. 
both mangoes. And I told him, I said, Max is the most technical wrestler in the United States at that weight class, 100%. If he had more size, Max would probably be on the world team right now. He, by far, if he gets on top, it's, you're, 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 you're in trouble with his trap arm and his other skills. But, man, he just breaks technique down like no other. And when they bring 55 back, because he walks around at about 58 kilos. You know, he didn't even cut weight. He ate the day of weigh-ins, um, which is, you know, for next year, if he were to stay at 59, he probably would still do, do, do even better because if they do a two-day weigh-ins and you got to weigh in a couple hours before the event, not everyone is going to be able to cut the weight that they've been cutting. Like uh, Atuma, he won't be able to go 59 no more. You know, he's going to have to go to 66. But by far, Max, the most technical wrestler there is in that in that bracket. I think that uh, um, he gets underrated a lot because of his size. And, you know, guys are usually muscling him around. But he's been training really hard with the um, WCAP uh, strength conditioning coach, the Iranian coach. Um, nonstop training almost every single day, doing the incline on the weekends doing all this extra stuff, and it's showing, you know, now, finally. Right. Hall, when you said what you said to me, I mean, obviously I know that you have a history with Max, too. Um, What do you see in him that kind of stands out? Same thing thing Joel sees. You know, the guy's a student of the sport. He uh, puts a lot of time in on a mat. He's very technical. You know, he's just undersized. I think uh, 55 is going to be his weight class. I think he can win a medal next year. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it would trend in that direction. You know, I was I was really, you know, I don't have rooting interests, but sometimes you're glad to see certain people do well, uh, no matter how it turns out. I was glad to see Max do well. I, re- I really totally was. Um, I was also... Uh, pretty, I, I guess you guys might agree, may, maybe not, is um, at uh, 71 kilos was Pat Smith finally breaking through. Uh, he had a well of a tournament. Uh, he had a high-scoring match with Colin Schubert first round. He goes and he has a, I mean, Rayvon Perkins is an excellent, excellent wrestler and he who owns numerous wins over Smith, including last year's Olympic trials final. He shuts Rayvon down in the finals. He has Chris Gonzalez. Chris Gonzalez made the world team in 2016 for the non-Olympic weight world championships that were in Budapest. Gonzalez uh, threw and pinned uh, Smith in the semis of the, the trials in November. Smith comes out, and it was another shutdown. You know, two straight matches. Uh, I think 6-0 six, six was the, the second and last match. Uh, he's... Pat, I think, has taken what uh, I think what Harry Lester beat him in was it fourteen and fifteen world team yeah, trials? Numerous years, yeah, numerous, numerous times. Or was there. It? Okay, uh, well, I think what, yeah, right, because Pat also made the university world team in two thousand fourteen. I think I have my math right. Either way, it's a guy who's been disappointed before on the big stage here, and to see him not just win, but he won. I mean, I, I don't know if you would call it dominantly, dominantly, but certainly impressively. Uh, it's, I don't know, storybook. I, how does how does this end? Uh, is it him training in Sweden? Is that was that the catalyst for a performance like this? Pat Smith was in Sweden from January to whatever mid mid March. You know, it just 
it all seemed like the the cards fell at once for Pat. You know, I, I you know, think. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, he's been a he's a veteran in the sport. He's just, uh, I think, for him, it comes down to you know being his time. You know, he's he's put the time in. Like you said, he was over in Sweden. He wasn't focusing on making a team. He's focusing on winning a medal at the World Championships and wrestling the Europeans. You know, anytime you're wrestling the Europeans, you're learning how to fight. You're learning how to score on guys that can normally shut you down. Joe? You know, now I'll add to that, you know, uh, just like Dennis, 100% I agree. He's overseas training. Like you say, he's trying to win a medal. He's not trying to make these teams. But if you watch, you know, that match, I got to watch both of those matches. Pat just dominated Chris in position. And, you know, and I, Chris and I are very good friends, but he's pushing them around two on ones, underhooks, and getting passive calls nonstop on Chris, you know, and he didn't have an answer. Uh, Chris is more of a big throw guy, and he attempted a few towards the end, but I mean, uh, that comes to my standpoint when I was talking about Tuma earlier. You know, these guys become a number one, and they get fearful to even try to score anymore. They just want to do these one one matches. Instead of go out there and try to open up and, and put some points on the board, they go out there and try to stay closed up and say, okay, how can I how can I wait for this guy to make a mistake? Instead of to force that guy to make a mistake. And that's what Chris did wrong. But, you know, Pat did the, the right thing. Two-on-ones, underhooks, pushing nonstop, getting referee calls left and right. Um, and I think the call, the, the match was called 100% correct. No, and that's his calling card, too. I mean, Smith is a pressure fighter. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, he's, he's relentless. It's almost like he has sure, five, he honed, five lungs. He, he, honed it on it. he honed it on it in Sweden. You go overseas, and that's what those guys are about, his position, and then you add his pressure to it with it, with his lung capacity. That he, that's a dangerous guy, you know, in, in, the, in the next couple of years. And just like Dennis said, you know, it's finally it's his time. You know, there were some good wrestlers in front of him, and those good wrestlers helped him sharpen him too, like Dennis did with me. I remember him knocking my teeth out in 04 yeah. in the Olympic trials. <laughs> Yeah, I got to wait my time, and then three years later, I'm on a world team, you know. Um, but uh, I, I, I think I see nothing but good things in the future for Pat if he stays on this path and he doesn't get fearful now that he's number one. He doesn't try to hold back. As long as he goes out there and wrestles like he does and is not scared to make mistakes, you never know. That could be a guy, you know, who wins a medal. Those are the guys that you know, they don't expect medals from, right. like an Adam Wheeler like or Andy Bezik. Adam Wheeler, Andy Bezik, no one ever expected medals from these guys. Um, you know, me, I, I'm biased because Bezik, I always expected out of him, even when we when had a house together in, uh, in uh, Marquette. But, you know, these guys are the ones that put the extra work in and, and their style starts to click and they win those medals. They come out from behind guys like Lester, who, you know, we always expect the most out of. And then you see someone like Bezik come out and, and throw a medal on the board before all the other guys. Right, yeah, Smith profiles that way. He certainly does. I mean, you know, I it, it's 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 kind of confounding when you think about it because he he goes ahead afterwards after you know whatever he goes and wins and then you know they bring you in the back and you know the whatever the press pool asks questions and things like that. I mean, and he acknowledges, you know, we're, he, you know, as a head nod to Gonzalez and Rayvon and whatever. 
you know, we're all making each other better. We're all making each other better. No, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And, you know, I'm glad he does acknowledge that because, it, you know, if it wasn't for the, the, the Dennis Hall and the, and the Polson and Brandon Polson and the Joe Warren and the Jim, you know, the Jim Grumwalds, you know, in the world, I, I would never have got to where I was. And, you know, you need those guys to help build you up and you might not be number one that day, but, you know, in a few years, all of a sudden you're the, you're the top guy. And everyone's looking at you to put the put those medals on the board. And I think he has a great opportunity to do that. Right. And while he'll be wrestling uh, this weekend in Brazil, uh, he's already a two-time Pan Am Championships winner. So, uh, I don't know, maybe he goes for it. Maybe he gets three in a row. I, I, expect, I expect all the U.S. guys to do fairly well. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Let's just keep running kind of through this a little bit. We ha- I mean, we have to touch base on this. There's... 80 kilos was a uh, 80 kilos was Cheney. Cheney hate 32 years old. He won his first open in 2010, his second in 2016, his uh, first world team in 2011, and his second one now in 2017. I know Stevanovich's defeat of Spieler was probably the newsmaker at 80 kilos, but there's something there's bleh, something to be said for Cheney still having it, you know, um, he's consistent and he's durable, you know, and you, even, even when he's in a low scoring match, which isn't all that often, but even when he is, you, you never complain about it because there's, it's, there, it's busy the whole time. He's just, a, he's a real pleasure to watch. Somebody. Oh yeah. I was waiting for Dennis, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I went to college with Cheney. Uh, you know, he actually beat me my uh, my sophomore year in Fargo. He beat my butt. He smashed me up. But uh, Cheney is just a gamer, and um, you know, he's very another. You know, kind of like a, a Max, like an hour. He's an under, under, underrated wrestler. You know, these other guys think they're just going to go in there, and you know, they might be some big throwers like a Spieler. Spieler thought he had it in the bag, and uh, again, you know, not wrestling a certain style or maybe a style clash with Stefanovich, uh, but, but uh, the Marine team is actually, you know, even to speak on that guy, the Marine team has been working really hard, and you see them, they're starting to put guys in the finals, but Chaney uh, is seasoned. You know, he's a seasoned wrestler that's like uh, myself or like Dennis. Uh, you know, you start wrestling these young guys coming up, you know how to win. If you've been around the game long enough, you know how to put points on the board, and you know how to shut the guy down from, from you know, creating any uh, trouble for you uh, uh scoring points on you you know you know how to hold that lead so yeah veteran a veteran presence you know i i i think that was kind of the theme that was kind of the theme of the 80 kilo preview that we put out was that that was one of the reasons why 80 kilos was a, a, a compelling weight um from our perspective is that it had such a great mix you know like you said it had that veteran kind of presence it also had like young up-and-coming you know hungry kind of talents and then obviously somebody who's really gifted like spieler just seemed like an even mix all the way through for 80 and you know what what can you say uh you know stevanovich deserves a a lot of credit too because he was a guy you know who's who was around for a, a couple of years and then he had to take a hiatus he comes back in december he has an okay open 
He goes to Schultz. He has an an okay Schultz. And then at the Hungarian Grand Prix, he almost medals. He loses on criteria to last year's European Championships gold medalist, uh, Zarabi Datunashvili from Georgia, two-time Olympian. Uh, you can make the argument that he, he got screwed royally at the end of that match. Um, it was 4-2, to two, and he went for, Savantes did, he went for an arm throw. He didn't feel, feel like he had it. He spun around through it to let it go. And then he just attacked the body, and he tossed Datunashvili to his back off the edge, and they uh, they only gave him a two for it, not four. They said something to the effect of like, well, he didn't go straight feet to back, his ankle touched, and all this other nonsense, whatever the you know crummy kind of excuse was. But uh, even if that's notwithstanding, it just showed that he, he he's somebody to pay attention to. It's like he arrived. So I, I expected a good performance out of him in uh, Vegas. I didn't expect him to beat Jordan Spieler. And not only that, he not only beat Spieler, he beat Spieler on a correct throw. He beat Spieler, he had an arm throw. That's how he won. You know, it wasn't some passivity thing. You know, he he won on an offensive move. Paul? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think the big thing is with these guys is the guys that are attacking are the ones that are putting points on the board and winning. You know, and, and that's what I like about Jamie. When he competes, he's always moving forward. He's always digging underhooks, and he's always trying to score. You know, and, and the big part, you know, that I see is, you know, when these guys are moving forward and, and looking to score, you know, if they don't score, they're getting the passivities, and that's, you know, as far as Cheney is concerned, that's why he's number one right now because he's always looking and always pressuring his opponents. It's it's a style of his that hasn't changed, and then he whip he can. I mean, he still has one of the fastest arm throws of any guy at any weight in the country. Still, oh, my opinion. Yeah, he's got a good. Well, one. He, well, he came up through you know, Cheney came up through the. Uh, through the Yvonne, uh, again, you know, Yvonne, Yvonne era kind of, um, and that, that's exactly how Yvonne taught us how to wrestle. It probably comes from, and Yvonne got that probably from Dennis. If we're speaking honestly, when Dennis brought him from Bulgaria to train over here to just wrestle offensively, to go out there and try to tech fall someone or try to score and put points on the board, yeah. you know, not, not try to, not try to hold back or not try to wait for that guy to make a mistake. Uh, uh, you know, he goes out there, pushes forward like Dennis was saying, and and, and once the opening's there, like an arm throw, an arm spin, he, he goes for it 100%. You know, he doesn't go and then halfway pull out. You, you live or die by the by the sword, and that's that's exactly what I think Cheney, how his style has kind of come to a head now where he's making, he's going to make more world teams. I was talking to him earlier this week, and I was, you know, I was like, Cheney, you know, you ready to make this Olympic team in 2020? He's like, I don't know if I'm going to go all the way to 2020. I said, dude, you better, are you kidding me? I said, you need to, you need to keep this going. You got to hit the, hit the, uh, strike the coal while it's hot or whatever, however that, that saying is. But, uh, you know, I think that this is his time. And in the past that, uh, his, um, his style was a little different in the past. I think he wrestled reserved when he was younger and now he's starting to wrestle more open and, and really, uh, put those points on the board. Well, he's going to have the space, you know, with the weight classes changing next year, you know, 
Um, he'll have options. Um, I'm glad he's, I'm, I'm glad he's still around. I, I really am. Uh, I was kind of wondering, you know, um, I talked to him on the record in, I don't know, at some point in the fall before the non-Olympic event in uh, New York City. And he kind of alluded to, like, you know, basically paraphrasing here as if he didn't know how many of these he had left. And it's like, ah, you know, like, it's the idea, I think it's me. I think it's, well, if it's me, it's got to be you, Joe, because I'm older than, you know, both yous. But, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, it's like you see guys walk away and it's like, oh, man, like it's, you know, it's, it, it feels weird. You know what I mean? Because part, part of that is due to lack of funding. You know, guys are sick of being 30 some years old and being poor. Oh, 100%. You know, if we get into that, you know, uh, uh, Lack of funding with sponsorships, you know, we only have so many sponsors left. I don't know how many were there when Dennis was wrestling. But, you know, when I first came onto the scene, you had Schultz Wrestling Club, Gator Wrestling Club, uh, Sunkiss Wrestling Club, Minnesota, New York Athletic Club. And what was the other one? That Was it Michigan? Michigan even had a wrestling club? Yeah, Michigan had. Yep. Yep. And, and now we're down to New York AC. Uh, Sunkiss, those are our, our two big ones, and then you have uh, and Minnesota, Titan Minnesota, Minnesota. and then you could throw Titan Mercury, but they're not really doing anything Greco. So in the Greco world, you have three clubs. I just named off six before, and there was probably even more than that. Now you only have three left. Yeah, um, it's it's sad, and you know, and the other thing is uh, the athlete pay. You're a number one athlete. You're making like twelve thousand dollars a year. I mean that <laughs> that that's kind of absurd, and you're putting you know you're you're, you're working full time. You're putting more than more than 60 hours a weekend, you're working overtime and a half. So that is the I, parallel I think, of being in a country without state sponsorship. Well, 100 percent. And then with the, you know, it's not to say our governing body doesn't make the money. Um, we just got to figure out what, you know, well, the younger guys as we're coming in. And I know Dennis has tried this, too. If we can get these guys to start changing. And I know it's really hard to get people to change, but we got to start putting more money towards our athletes to keep them, you know, to keep them going longer. And that was one of the things Cheney said is, you know, he's he's thinking, you know, because of, because of work, you know, he's got to find a good job. I don't know how much longer he can do this and put his body through it. Well, he's here now and he'll be in Paris in August. Um, I guess we're going to go a little bit out of order here. Uh, yeah, why not, Hall? Why not? Your protege, Ben Provisor, had himself a tournament. He got by two-time world team member Pat Martinez and then... Last year's Olympic trials champ, Joe Rao, twice in the finals. Um, so what's the verdict? Were you overall pleased with Ben's performance, or what's the deal? I mean, I mean I you're, you're hardly ever pleased, so I'm, I'm very curious to hear this. I was pleased uh, with his performance, except for the Martinez match. I didn't think he opened up enough on Martinez. I think, you, you know, Martinez's whole strategy was try to win by passivity and you know I, I think Ben needs to be a little more physical with him next time and we're going to work on that for sure but uh, in the finals against Rao you know it it was ridiculous 
in the last match, and I'm gonna I'm gonna back Ben on this, and I don't care what any referee says. You know, they call Ben for a caution and two with the headbutt. Well, Raw was coming in every time with his shoulder and hidden provisor. And, you know, I told uh, Ben's parents tonight, I was over at their house. I said, you know what? I said, to be honest, man, Ben handled it better than I would have. Because I would have looked at the ref after the second shoulder to my chin. And I would have told the ref, it's going to get physical if you don't stop him from shouldering me. You know? And Ben kept his mouth and he kept his composure and got to Rao's body and scored the takedown, you know, but, um, you know, he wrestled great. You know, I thought, I thought he was aggressive. I, he, we made some changes cause I had a conference with one of the officials, uh, at the open and they said, well, he, he only goes forward and he holds position. I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to move guys, you know, when they're, heads down and their butts back and we got him moving his feet better and, and create more opportunities to score. How you know, now that the, now that the trials are over, you know, Ben, you know, kind of trained a little bit unconventionally in one aspect and that his chief workout partner was a freestyle wrestler. Did I, I shouldn't say did, what kind of role did that play? You know, from a technical aspect, given, you know, obviously given the styles clash, even the body types are, you know, way different. Ben is, you know, you know, short is an understatement. And then there's uh yeah. Downey's pretty tall. So, yeah, you know, they work great together. They, they make each other sharper. You know, they were studying it both sides, you know, with Downey, Downey would be taking shots on Ben. Ben would have to counter the shots. And Ben's uh, working on his off balances and following it up and, and how to create angles to get to the body. And, you know, it was just a good match for both the guys. You know, they both needed a training situation. And and it, I'm glad Downey came up by us. You know, I, you know to speak on that, too, uh, um, man, I think Dennis has a – the golden ticket, you know, because realistically, I mean, freestyle wrestlers should be training more Greco and Greco wrestlers should be training more freestyle. And that's how we're going to create the optimal athlete. Uh, you know, that Downey shooting and Ben had defense, that's going to help him, you know, learn to be a little more faster, a little more, you know, fast twitch when it comes to defending, you know, some of those more explosive guys and same thing for Downey, you know, I'm sure he learned, a lot, I'm sure from Ben, a lot of positions, you know, how to move guys around, how to get those passive calls, and, you know, the, obviously the throws as well. But uh, I think, man, Dennis, I think you have something there. And uh, Yeah, no, it's been great. For, for sure. You need you need to create a whole school where, hey, freestyle and Greco, they're, they're both going to train. You're going to do freestyle one practice, Greco the next. You're going to mix. No one's going to get to choose, really. Or you could have some Greco guys in, in the morning and freestyle, and then they, they mix it together later. But. That's what you need to open up and start doing that with your program, man. You'll have a ton of, ton of top studs come out there because Downey they had a great tournament. You know, oh, he wrestled um, like an animal. So, but uh, you know, on Ben's for on Ben's performance, uh, Tim, um, Ben, I, I I've seen Ben since he was 13 years old. I met Ben in Bulgaria, 
I was on a trip and this guy, yeah, all these Bulgarians are coming up asking to trade stuff, the little kids. And here comes this guy and he starts speaking English. And I thought he was a little Bulgarian. You know, I, I didn't know he, that he was an American. His parents had sent him over there and uh, he just started speaking English. He looked, he, he like blended in with the Bulgarians, but I think he's really starting to come of age. I think he's really, uh, and I'm sure Dennis can speak a lot on this. He's matured a ton. You know, For his sure. maturity level is very, is very high and he's going to be a dangerous, dangerous senior wrestler. He's made teams before like 2012, but he was a kid, you know, he made kid mistakes and not on the map, but off the mat too. And now look at him. He's, he's living a great life out back in Wisconsin. He's back to where his roots were, um, with Dennis. And, uh, what better thing to do than train with a world medalist and an Olympic medalist, multiple time right. national champ, I think 10 time national champ. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. Well, if he looks, if he looks anything, if he looks in Paris, anything like he did in Rio, it could be something else. That's what I'll say. You know, yeah, and it. I'm looking at the schedule that uh, Linlin sent to us. You know, and you know, there's a few things that I'm gonna have to talk to Matt about. Um, when he gets back and you know i want him getting a good three-month training cycle before paris you know i don't i don't think there has to be a ton of travel you know i i'd rather have him up here um not that he can't go to camps and stuff i i believe he can go to camps but you know some of the training i think um i'm gonna have to you know try and get him here in Stevens Point because that's where he's the most comfortable. I hated training camps all the time. You know, I'd go there and do it because otherwise I didn't get paid. And, uh, you know, Ben's a lot like me. He wants to be in a comfortable situation where he can train and get things done. Why can't, you know, my, my thing is, Dennis, why can't, why can't the world team come out there? Let's change it up. Let's send the world team yeah. guys out there to do a training camp out there let's send them uh, some of our guys out there yeah, to do a training sure. camp and you know because the stuff that we've been you know that in the past we haven't been winning the medals that we need to we're getting ones and ones here and there you know Bezik ended a, a drought you know since yeah, 2009 sure. you know what was it a five-year drought and yeah. then he got got another one and was consistent but it was the same guy but let's 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 change it up and send the guys out to you to train for a week you know, maybe a one week no. camp and they get to see what, what, or a two week camp, intensive yeah. camp. So no, uh, take them out great. of their comfort zone for a oh. second, then they can go back and train wherever they need to. Yep. Okay. Well, mo- moving back to something you were talking about, talking about Downey wrestling with Ben, Ben wrestling with Downey, different styles and things like this, is at 75 kilos, obviously, was Mason Manville defeating Kamal Bay. Uh, really, you know, at least from my perspective, all of Manville's bouts stood out. Uh, he kept with it against Porter when that looked dicey for a second. He teched Dylan Cowan, which was, you know, sort of a surprise, at least for me, the way that went down. And then obviously what he did against Bay was something else. Um, he, following his final, had a very, very interesting quote um, that uh, I, I think kind of, I, th- I mean, to me, kind of speaks to what you guys were talking about, okay? And this is funny because when we had Spencer on a few weeks back, whenever that was, 
you know, we're saying, ah, wrestling is wrestling, kind of making fun of that. You have Manville, who's ticketed for Penn State. Obviously, his career as a high school. I mean, my 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 older brother likes uh, high school college wrestling. He he's a he was a fan of Manville's when he, the kid was you know sixteen or whatever. Um, Manville can do it all. He's he's a, a kind of you know uh, I guess you uh, maybe lack of a better term a hybrid, and he goes and wins and and he beats. Oh, he beats Kamal, which I, I I thought that was a surprise uh, for sure. But it's not even that he beat him; it's just how how he did it. I mean, he was relentless in his attacks, and he's you know getting behind him and taking him down. And it's almost like he's I mean, he was moving at the same speed like a, a really good freestyle wrestler would, you know. Except he's obviously in a Greco competition. Up until the trials this weekend, he hasn't put that together the same way at the senior level. And he was another athlete who kind of it all whoosh at the same time on Saturday. Is there something? You know, is, yeah, you go know, ahead. Is there oh, something to this? Because it was a revelation practically. As your career goes, um, you know, you start to see glimpses of greatness. You know, I would tell my coaches, they say, how you hit the move? Or, or man, you, you, you got that look flawless. I said, to be honest with you, I black. I felt like I blacked out sometimes when I was wrestling. You know, like I'll get into a spot and it would like I would black out, and I've done it so many times to practice. My body would just take over, and I think that Mason has a man. This guy's got some talent. He's re- relentless. Um, he's the epitome of the American style. He, he already looks like he is a NCAA wrestler coming into Greco, kind of. You know, one of those guys yeah, that just well pushes put. the pace nonstop. Um, and isn't afraid to score, isn't afraid to go out there and keep scoring. You know, he's not going to get up 2-0 and hold back. Um, if someone scores on him, he sees it as a challenge, and that's how I felt in my career. You know, if Spencer took me down, I would smile, stand up, and be like, all right, now now it's time to go. You know, this kid is like, he looks like a little Spartan, and I think he, <laughs> he's, he's ready. I, I think he's going to do good things, you know, internationally. Obviously, he's going to need some grooming internationally. Um, he might surprise the world in Paris, or you know, he might need to keep sharpening those tools and uh, and get better at the international scene. But uh, it was really good uh, to see him do well. And then Kamal, obviously, a great wrestler. Um, he still has some skills that he needs to sharpen. I think that Kamal walked in the tournament like, yeah, ain't no one touching me, like he did with high school kids, you know. When you were talking Fargo and stuff, like he knew he was going to tech ball everything. I think that well, he was he pressing in Chavez in that semifinal. Yeah, but I, I, even with that, you know, I think the, coming into this tournament, I think that he he thought that it was in the bag, you know. But you know, one one quote that the my co- my old coach Sean Sean Lewis would say on paper, you could be a world champ on paper, you could be the best person in the world on paper because of your credentials and who you are. But that don't mean it don't mean nothing. It don't mean crap. Because, you know, you can some kid can come in that's slotted to go to NCAAs, uh, Penn State. You know, Manville's joining the Army, too. I don't know if you know that. Yep. And he freaking – he goes out there and throws all these big points on the board and makes a world team. So, no, it was impressive. It was impressive because uh, Hall and I were talking about it I, – I don't know when it was. I think yesterday um, we were talking about it. And it's like he's the kind of guy who's not afraid to even give up points if that's what it takes. You know, so that's the no, definition of fearless. 
at least for this sport, the way it's wrestled tight so often. You That's know? how wrestling should be, 100%. They they should be wrestling like that, 100%. You give up two, okay, I was, I'm going to score four, you know? Yeah, but yeah. We get, we get caught up in winning, and I was a. I, this happened to me in my career, where I went out there, and, and you know, when I was younger, when I was trying to wrestle Dennis Hall in 04, I went out there and I'm trying to throw and do things, you know. And Dennis was smarter than me back then in wrestling, you know, and he was able to to beat me up pretty good. But you know, <laughs> if if you live and die by the sword, keep that philosophy, you know, keep doing it. And some days, like Dennis was saying earlier, you're going to have some. It's not always going to work out for you. But if you keep that and then you start sharpening those defensive skills later, you're going to be you're going to be an animal. Paul, that's the is that the mantra, Hall? Go out on your shield. Yeah, why not? Hey, I, I'm asking just because we don't see it enough. What At do you have to lose? Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. That's why we're not winning the medals. You want know throw the kitchen sink at everybody you wrestle. You know, don't worry about the score. Go out there to score points. And if you make a mistake, that's the only way you get better for the future. So if you go out there and throw the sink at them and you're, you're, you're wrestling balls of the wall and you, you know, you're trying everything and you make a mistake and let's say you throw yourself and you pin yourself. Okay. Next time you wrestle the guy again, you throw, maybe you give up a couple points. And then the next time you're throwing in, you're scoring and you're pinning that guy. That's the only way we get better. When you lose, you learn. If you don't go out there to try to wrestle 100% and throw it all on the line, then why are you doing it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, if I may, let me read you guys a quote. This is what Manville said uh, after the finals. For me, all wrestling is the same. So it doesn't matter if I'm training freestyle, folk style, or Greco. I'm going to be doing the same kind of thing, the same movements. I might just focus on different areas more than others. Wrestling is wrestling. That's what everyone needs to start figuring out. You can't be a one-trick pony. So I don't know. When Spencer was on, you know, we talked about, you know, maybe it was more about the age group level and getting kids involved and how to sell wrestling to kids who might be hesitant about Greco saying wrestling is wrestling and whatever. But Manville doesn't see the separation that like, you know, somebody like myself does, for instance, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a prodigious talent. So, you know, that notwithstanding, I don't, I don't see it like that. I always think of Greco as like this separate, like specific kind of skill set. Uh, you know, some guys are Greco and that's just the way life is, but maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Uh, this guy, this kid is decades above mentally decades above his age. You know, he understands the sport already at 19. He's 19 years old. He understands the sport like that. You know, most even top senior level wrestlers don't even understand that yet. You know, and you bring a kid like this to the table. If we have more, if we have a hundred of these kids, how many medals are we going to come out within a quad? It's going to, it'd be ridiculous. You go the same way with that hall or what? Yeah, I do. I think, uh, you know, he, he's right on when he says wrestling's wrestling, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to be able to attack every part of the body 
And part of the problem is, is our Greco wrestlers that only train Greco, they never hit their knees for a slide by, a high dive, a duck under. And we're missing that with, with some of our senior level athletes. That is one thing I'm constantly trying, trying to get Ben to do is, is cut corners and attack angles. So you're saying we spend all of these years, all of these years from the time, you know, most, most, I, I would say wrestlers nowadays start when they're really, really young, you know, like five, yeah. four, whatever it is now, something s- sick like that. We spend all this time in the folk style system and we're not using it to our yeah. full advantage. No. Exactly. Sharp, use what you got. You know, our country is not, unfortunately, and I mean, if we were the Europeans, right? Okay, we got Greco. Let, let's do Greco 100%. If we're in Sweden, you're a guy, you're doing Greco. There's no such thing as freestyle in Sweden for men. Right, there's um, several countries just like that. So Norway is the same. It's usually those Nordic countries, but we're in the United States where folk style is our main sport, unfortunately. I would love to change that. That would be, that's an uphill battle. So, I mean, I can name a ton of countries that, mainly trained Greco. They might have freestyle teams, but the freestyle teams suck. You know, France's freestyle teams aren't good. Their Greco team's good. You know, Poland, same thing. You know, uh, Greece, you know, there, there's so many countries where Greco is dominant compared to freestyle. Oh, for sure. And then you with these guys, I mean, I'd say... I, if we're a folk style country and, and we want to be good in the other styles, wrestling is wrestling. I, I would talk and you know, you chairman here, but uh, I'm not going to, I would talk shit when I was a Greco wrestler to Sean Bunch, you know, I go out there and I would tell my wife, I was like, man, I'd be the number one guy in the country in freestyle right now. If I switched over, you know, because wrestling is wrestling. I defend a shot, but because of the tools in Greco that I have and I add that to freestyle. Now I'm a monster. You know, just like if I'm a freestyle wrestler and I switch to, to Greco, these freestylers come over to Greco and they want to, you know, be standing upright with their hips, you know, t- towards the guy and change their whole style. Why not keep that collegiate style, that freestyle style, get heavy on the head and do your high dives and your slide buys, you know, the same mm-hmm. stuff that you grew up doing, do the same thing, but you just can't grab the, grab the legs. You could do a double leg blast by grabbing the hips. What you talk about all the time in the hall. We don't level change enough. That's what you say a lot. We exactly. Don't change enough. For sure. Okay. Well, what isn't, or what is, what can be, what often isn't, or doesn't rather involve a level change is a correct throw. Over the weekend on social media during the World Team Trials, people were complaining about the correct throw, correct hold, however you prefer to say it. Um, how it's ambiguous, they should get rid of it, you know, um, how even for both styles, a lot of people saying that it shouldn't be there for Greco. Of course, the people who are saying this aren't really Greco fans or athletes. Um, But, I I mean, I, I think probably with the way that my diction is starting to tilt, it's probably obvious that I'm an advocate of the correct throw. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, I, I just, you know, to me, it's, it, it belongs, especially for a Greco. 
where high-level defense and scoring is at a premium, and it's not easy to always, you know, manipulate another human's body and throw them. full exposure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, Joe, we'll start with you. Correct throw, in or out. You like it? Yes? In. You know, I I think it's 100% in because I think if if I'm going to go out there and put myself in danger to score, I should be getting something out of it. You know, obviously, with the referees, you know, they got to call it the right way because, you know, some refs will throw it out there. The guy didn't even come off the ground, and they're going to get – I saw that this past weekend, and they're going to give a correct throw. The guy didn't even he, – he just, like, shuffled to the side. He, his feet never left the ground. And so you're going to have some refs that do that because of politics, you know, and because of, you know, whoever the person he's wrestling. They're going to give, you know, or whoever's – they're going to give that guy a point. But um, I think it should be rewarded that's, that's 100%. That's called getting helped. Getting help. That's what I was trying to. I was trying to be nice about it, but getting help. But you know, I think I think we should definitely keep it. And uh, you're gonna have your na- naysayers. I mean, look at the reverse lift uh, from 2004 to 2008. Everyone complained before 2004, saying, "Okay, we need to change the rules. Greco's boring. Blah blah blah." The consumer, you know, all the consumers complaining. You know, all the people that are watching. And then so they bring the reverse lift. Reverse lift was super exciting, right? Four years. You know, people just get pounded on their head, slammed left and right. You know, I got a great highlight video <laughs> of, of doing these things. And then all of a sudden in 2008, they take it away because people are complaining again. Oh, it's not fair. It's not that. So, I mean, you're always going to have your naysayers of complaining about certain rules or if it doesn't, if it's not to their view, you know, and it's always the ones and twos that are complaining, but their voices are heard the most, which is unfortunate. You know, they speak on behalf of a few people and, and the other people like us, you know, don't voice their opinion. I mean, me and Dennis will voice our opinion any any day, any time and say whatever we want. But uh, there's other people that hide behind the shadows or hide behind us because they're afraid to say things, you know. Well, Dennis, I know you like well, I know you like the correct hold. But can you uh, do you see where people might want to see it go away? Do you see the, you know, the devil's advocate perspective of this? That there sometimes is maybe a, a little bit of, uh, a, I don't want to say sketchiness, but ambiguity associated with it? I mean, I can see that argument, but you know what? At the same time, as an athlete, if you're putting your balls on the line and you're going for something, you should be rewarded. You know, I I definitely agree with the correct throw. I think it's a good thing. It. You know, our biggest problem with Greco is they want action. You know what? Reward the guy that is being active. You know, part of the problem is, is, you know, guys don't want to take chances because they're afraid to lose. You know what? Award the guy that has the courage to go out there and try something. I love it. I think, you know, it would be a mistake if they take it away. Yeah, I, I really hope they don't. I, I, I don't think that's something they're even considering. I, I, if they are, I haven't heard it. But, I mean, when in – the, in the best of circumstances, when applied correctly, it's an amazing game changer. You know, it, it, how, many, how many matches does it turn completely around, you know? 
I mean, we saw it this weekend. The biggest, the biggest one I saw this weekend was certainly Stevanovich and Spieler. You know, I mean, Spieler almost cartwheeled for crying out loud uh, off that thing. It was incredible. You know, it was exciting, even though there wasn't exposure and it wasn't exactly like you know some throw necessarily. It was, it was exciting. You know, I mean, there's tension, 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 and then bam, you know. No, it's not a five. I, I get it. It's not a four. I get that too. But the idea that we want to take a scoring mechanism out of the sport when everybody complains that there's not enough scoring, it just seems, you know, counterintuitive. I agree for sure. I that's why I'm for it. I think you know they get they gotta keep awarding um, aggressiveness. You know, and, and, you know, award the guy that takes a chance. Right. Oh, it's better than a passive call, isn't it? Oh, no, man. 100%. You want, you want to get me going? Yes, yeah, I, do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, for the record, Betterman broke first. So you uh, have clear sailing. Good. Anyway. Um, yeah, I would just, I don't know. All in all, if you were going to take the sum of all parts over the weekend, I thought it was a terribly um, a terribly compelling trials all around. Um, 85 was the weight class from hell. I mean, just completely. I mean, there's a difference between between being packed and like almost overstuffed with guys for a domestic event. You know, I mean. All four corners of the brackets were guys who had been in trials finals or had been on teams or, you know, and that, that made it exciting. I thought 71 kilos was, was uh, really, really an exciting kind of weight class. Um, 59 didn't have the participation that I, I, I was hoping it would have. Um, you know, uh, I heard... Uh, 56, I mean, if you're talking about six, well, you're a Delkey. Well, thank you, Miss Way at 59, I think. And I, I'm not sure what the situation is. With the that. way I heard it is that Thielke missed at 59, and so did uh, Sammy Jones. Yes, I, and I, I did hear about Sammy Jones as well. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, being more professional and, you know, their, their coaches, you know, getting in their ass. And, I mean, uh, if you look at even Dennis, I, I just told this story, Dennis, the other day. Uh, we're at Worlds <laughs> in 2011. I take Dennis with me. I do all this extra. I'm doing great. I think, okay, I did all this extra, did extra sauna, go extra bike, and I'm going to be underweight right now. And I get on a scale, and I'm 0.3, and I broke for a second. And Dennis, <laughs> let's go. You know, you're real positive. Could have been get your ass up and just get back on the bike. But, you know, I was able to get my weight off. And But, you know, the kid's got to be a little more professional. Uh, Thelke should know better. And, uh, and Sammy Jones, I don't know who was, you know, with him, but, I mean, he should have. He should have put forth the effort to get you it. Always you always got to have guys around you that believe in you and are going to push you when you're weight cutting. I never did a weight cut by myself because, you know, when you do it that way, you're going to quit when things get tough. What do you mean? 100%. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't take me into the mind of an elite athlete for a second here. Okay. Especially. Dude, I remember. Okay. I'm going to tell one story. Tell, tell 10 Nate, stories. Nate Angle 
when he made his, I think, his first uh, national team. You know, we're in the sauna when I was coaching Northern Michigan. And we're in the sauna. He's hurt. He doesn't want to go anymore. He wants to quit. He wants to get out of the sauna. I'm sitting in the sauna with him, sweating my balls off. And he's like, let me out, let me out. I'm like, no, we're doing 10 minutes or whatever the amount of time was. He's like, if you don't let me out, I'm going to punch you. I go, do you really think you're going to win right now? <laughs> I said, no, you're going to sit in here and shut the up and you're going to make weight and you're going to thank me later. Well, he thanked me the next, whatever, the next day when he made national team. You know, it's, you know, I'm always around my athletes, especially if I know they have a weight problem. I'm I'm not going to let them be out on their own and be able to quit and walk away. You know, it's just, you know, Joe, you, I'm sure you got stories like that too. Well, I, I get just my own personal stories. I mean, the world was one and then we're, we're 2011 world team trials. I think we're in Oklahoma city. You guess who helped me again? Dennis Hall. You know, this guy, he was helping um, one of the other guys. You're helping with Sunkiss. You're coaching back then, helping yep. one of the other guys yep. make weight. And I'm struggling. And um, we're heading over to find this sauna. Robbie Smith uh, was at 96 kilos back then, and I think he had fell off the treadmill. He passed out on a treadmill. I'm going to the same place he's at. And, I'm like, and yep. there's Dennis in the sauna, this little tight sauna, and he helps me out. And I've had a ton of people. I've Yvonne locked me in the sauna, you know, and I've had guys, you know, uh, the Adam Wheeler and uh, we're at University Worlds. I missed weight one time, one time, and that was at University Worlds. We got there 24 hours before weigh-ins. We were supposed to be there three days before weigh-ins. Plane tickets got messed up and, and um, had no scale. Got there, and I was over four kilos over. And I had already been cutting down to 55, and Yvonne had me locked in the sauna. Adam there holding me down, and, and it sucks. It's a mental thing. The hardest sport in the world is wrestling, by far. And I don't care what anyone says, because you can go out there and play basketball and say it's hard, but let's go out there and cut weight, make weight, and then go play some basketball. You know, and then talk to me and say that your sport's harder than our sport. Um, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. And, you know, Thelke, like I said, should know better. And those guys should have people with them. Yeah, I've been in the sauna crying with Bruce Robinson, and he's still he talks shit to me all the time now. He makes fun of me all the time. I've probably cried with that dude so many times. I mean, especially, I hate this story. We were in New York, and I had just got back from basic training. It's my first weigh-in, two kilos. I think it's going to be easy. I got up to like 70 kilos at basic training, and I'm cutting down, and I'm struggling. In New York sauna, if any of the guys know, the New York Athletic Club sauna is the worst sauna to cut weight in. It's the There's no water allowed to throw in anything. There's no rocks. Driest sauna ever. And I'm dying, and then all Spencer's dying. He's cutting to 55, and then we we're butt naked at one point in a bathtub, right next to each other, sitting in a bathtub together, butt naked, taking our break, and then getting back in the in the sauna. This is these are the stories. <laughs> I mean, we could tell these all night. <laughs> yeah, but, I think uh, I, I went in the wrong direction with the outline. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um. You know, John Stavanovich, not to bring him up for the 15th time tonight, um, but he was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I spoke to him, I think, uh, 
I don't know, the week before, I, I, I whatever it was. I can't even remember. The whole last two weeks are completely blurry to me. Um, but he made a great point. He was like, uh, I think the line was something like, you have guys who are good wrestlers and you have weight cutters who are wrestlers, you know? It's like, uh, it's kind of, uh, a competing paradigm. Um, you know, weight cutting takes on, you know, such a, like a vast role. It looms so large in the background of wrestling that, you know, like you said, you know, it's one of the aspects of wrestling that makes it, you know, what it is, you know, I mean, I th- wrestling would still be the toughest sport in the world without weight cutting. I, I think, but it's, it's ingrained in our DNA to look at it from that kind of purview, you know, and I'd almost, I'm very, I guess I'm not alone here, but like we were talking about at the outset, when it's that two hour weigh in, it's going to change people's lives, man. It's going to change people's lives. Forget their careers. It's going to change lives. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, would I have, would I have stayed at, at, uh, went down to 59 kilos if there was a two hour weigh in? Hell no. You know, I would have had trouble going to 66 with the two hour weigh in. And, you know, same thing for Dennis at 55 in yeah. 2004. <laughs> it would have not happened. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, and I don't know where Dennis was cutting weight in 04, but I remember those little saunas that they had in the venue. Those sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, the wrestling is going to change 100%. You're going to see some phenomenal wrestlers come out. I think um, weight cutting is part of the sport. And in that Stefano, which is right on with you have good weight cutters. And you have great, you know, you got, you know, great wrestlers in my my opinion. But uh, you're going to see a lot of great wrestlers get at it. Um, it's, it I think it's kind of good to kind of take the weight cutting out. There's still going to be weight cutting regardless. I don't care what you say. No, as long as there's weight classes, there will always be people trying to make them. Yeah, because you know you're gonna even in high school, the guys got this this you know, amount and how much you can cut. They still make it happen. The thing that sucks for me is six weight classes at the Olympics. I mean, Wait, come on. I don't I don't want to cut you here, Joe. Last year, I would like you to, you know, while we have a minute, we're we're getting ready to wrap up anyway. Last year. When I interviewed you for Five Point Move, you brought up something that was very, very interesting, and it doesn't really get talked about. At least if it does, I'm I'm missing the conversation. And if I'm not, if I'm remembering it correctly, it was the idea that if you took away two thirds, if I'm, do I have this right? If you took away two thirds. You could yeah, potentially weight, add weight two class. more Olympic weight classes. Is that right? Yeah, it, 100%. So if we went down back down to one-third how it used to be, and, you know, two-thirds is great, but that's really your second-third is a participation medal. And I've been on both ends. I've had it. You know, I've had that second-third. And it was nice. I don't got to wrestle a third time, but that's not really wrestling. If we're talking about the roots of our sport, um, if you were to take away that second-third, right, that gives you – there's – what do we got for Olympic weights right now? 18 Olympic weights, right? With all the with all the style, there's 18 Olympic weights. Okay, so that gives us 18 more medals because that's the USOC's holdup, or not? I mean, the the what is it? The IOC's holdup is the Olympic medals. You know, you don't want to get we didn't want to create more medals. 
So that gives us 18 more medals. That gives us what what I tell you was two more weight classes. Mm-hmm. Yep. We could have two more weight classes each each uh, style. style women each uh, whatever you want to call it yeah style they you'd have two more weight classes for freestyle Greco and guys or women eight eight and eight I think that that's doable I I mean in a perfect world we'd be like Dent and when Dennis was wrestling and there was what ten weight classes yeah. I think it yeah. was yeah. at one point you know um, and then they cut it down to seven which I didn't think made sense. We had 20 weights, Olympic weights at one point. And they said, okay, we're going to bring women on, which is great. I'm for that. And they went seven, seven, and four. Where did the other two go? You know, where the other, you know, sets of medals go? And then, you know, and they've just been drawing back and drawing back. And I'm all for women's wrestling because my wife's a wrestler or was. She just retired last weekend. Um, but uh, if we just take away these, this, these, 18 medals and create, you know, two more weight classes each. It, that's the answer to all questions or all, all problems. But uh, what will UWW propose to IOC? You never know. You, it, it's a toss up. They might propose that we have to wrestle in clown suits now. Yeah. You, you, you definitely oh, never gosh. know what they'll do. That might not be the worst thing I've ever heard. I <laughs> saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw, so, I saw so, uh, so a couple of wrestling sites today. Um, I want to say Intermat. Um, I saw uh, that uh, for high school wrestling, there's going to be an optional two piece. Uh, yep, yep, it's it's actually on the mat.com right now. I was on is that earlier. right? They got, is it? <laughs> they got that on the they got on the mat.com. You know, because obviously, I think they're thinking, well, that's going to generate more wrestlers because you have kids that don't want to wrestle in the singlets. Um, I, I have mixed reviews about that. Obviously love to have the kids that don't want to wrestle in singles wrestle, but this is a, this is a tough sport. This isn't a, you know, a participation sport. This is a, uh, blood, sweat and tear sport that, you know, you got to wear some spandex that you don't like. You better get over the, get over it and get out there and do it. Um, I, I'm, I have mixed reviews. It's going to create more wrestling. And for USA Wrestling, it's going to create, obviously, more money um, when you're talking about USA Wrestling memberships and things like that, But uh, which is great. It's great to get more funds, and hopefully we can put that towards the athletes. But uh, I, I don't know if that was the, the root of all evil when we're talking about wrestling is the singlet problem. I'm going to bed in a singlet tonight. Hey, I believe it. <laughs> you know what me too well I, it, you know if you were you know it's like almost like um mma you know uh before the ufc got the reebok deal you know the all the athletes all the fighters you know could put all their sponsors all over their shorts and things like that and other organizations around the country and the, in the world in fact that's that's par for the course, right? The MMA guys, they have all their sponsors all over their fight shorts. When it comes to wrestling, that wrestling doesn't really have that kind of, I mean, I, I would hope one day it would start to grow more in that direction where guys are plastering sponsors all over themselves. But I tell you what, if it ever did hit that kind of fever pitch where that's where we are now, guys could have sponsors on their singlets and stuff like that. Having a two piece makes that a whole lot more agreeable. I don't think it would ever filter into the senior level, but uh, 
that notwithstanding, I think it's pretty interesting. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't have a, I, I don't have an opinion. I think it's in, I think it's, it's news. You know, when this conversation is over, I will completely forget about it and stop caring. But uh, it is interesting for the moment, I would say. That's actually yeah, something you got to be involved with, I would think, Joe, on some kind of level. No, being the chairman. Yeah, but I, like you said, it's news. I don't really care if it, you know, if a kid wants to get out, if a kid's going to go out there and wrestle, you know, a lot of times kids don't have singlets and they're out there wrestling, you know, when I'm dealing with youth kids, you know, they're out there wrestling in shorts and a shirt, right? Do I care? Not really. I, I don't care at all, actually, as long as they're wrestling. Um, as long as these kids want are going to wrestle, be, if that's going to generate more wrestling, I think that's great. I think as you get to a higher level, I think, you know, at the Olympic level, obviously the singlet is tradition. Um, I think that's a little different. Now, if we're talking NASCAR like you're talking and going to have all these sponsorships, I think the sponsorships would help and that the singles would help there. I didn't even think of that. But um, I think we could generate more money or maybe these athletes can generate more money for their for themselves, these senior athletes, if it did get up to that level. But wrestling's wrestling. I mean, it's just an outfit, but you got tradition. People are going to fight for tradition with the singlet, which I'm all for tradition. Um, but in the end, like the, you know, we talked about Manville and wrestling is wrestling. You regardless of is if you're wrestling in a singlet or if you're wrestling in speedos or you're wrestling in a sing, uh, a two piece, it doesn't matter. Well, wait, but but doesn't it for Greco? Doesn't it matter? I remember Coach Linland. Uh, this topic came up last year. And he said, you know, when guys are in the practice room wearing baggy shorts, they get their shorts stepped on when guys are going for lifts. You know? Uh, yes, I, I don't think that, you know, they show a picture on USA Wrestling of the uh, of the outfit they're in right now, and the shorts are baggy. I don't think they should. I think they should be spandex shorts. I think they should be fight shorts, like the, the tight fight shorts. Uh, I th- um, maybe they will be. I think they should be rash, straight rash guards. I think that's what they call in jiu-jitsu. Is like, rash uh, like a rash guard and, um, you know, lack of a better term, like, uh, what do you call that? Like compression shorts? Compression shorts. That's yeah. what they should be in. <laughs> I'm old enough. I'm old enough to remember when they when they called, uh, what they call them, bicycle shorts. Yeah. They call yep. spandex uh, bicycle shorts. I, I, I'm actually interested to hear Dennis's uh, view on this. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, for me, Russ and Greco, uh, wearing a T-shirt would suck. You know, it gives the guy the opportunity to get a good lock on your ribs and possibly break them and, and hurt you. You know, the singlets now with the high cut, there's not a ton different. But, you know, I think a shirt's easier. You know, you're going to see more international foreign guys grabbing shirts and I mean, they already grab your singlet at your waist, a little gut wrench, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, no, I don't think it's something that'll ever be adopted for the senior level, will it? No, right? Yeah, I talked about that uh, a while back. Yeah, a couple of years, the, right? Last year, a couple of years ago. WW or whatever it's called. Yeah, the marketing yeah. of the sport and all this other nonsense. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to mark, you know, because it, it looks better. Well, you know what, with with those new rules, you know, I can see a bunch of guys using it and cheating. You know, that's all I'm going to say. You know, I, I think, um, you know, 
if a guy isn't going to wrestle because of a singlet, do we want the guy wrestling? <laughs> I, yeah. And you know, Joe uh, does. Yeah. You, well, obviously, that's it. it when you become chairman you got to do these you know obviously got to look for the state and then you got all these funding issues i'm in a volunteer position tim come on i mean i don't even get paid for this i'm working nonstop, but i don't get paid but uh you know again with that uh you said you know you don't see it going to the international scene everything the root of everything is money okay and so when we're talking a two-piece singlet that all of a sudden in high school or in collegiate, in college wrestling, right? It's probably going to hit college wrestling. It's going to go to sponsorships, right? Put this there, put that there, and these college wrestling teams are going to be making all this money. You know, and you can thank Flow for this because Flow, they, they're the ones who kind of headed this two-piece, you know, with their Flow Nationals and stuff, which is great. I have nothing against that. Um, but internationally, you're going to see when UWW sees that, they're going to say, well, we want a piece of that pie. And that's how all things work, you know. You know, I, I something think, work. They're they're gonna want a piece. Paul? I think, uh, yeah, go. You know, if, if they're gonna go to a two piece internationally, if if they do that, I think at least they should be able to have that individual athlete that's competing should be able to get one or two sponsors on their singlet, you know, to make extra money. I yeah, mean, they you're, don't. You're, Absolutely. Athletes don't get paid. You know, it's a joke. You make more money, you know, unfortunately. Now, unless you're, you, you, the only way to get paid really as an athlete, if we're talking about that briefly, is to be very, very, very consistent. And, you know, at the height of my career, I was really consistent internationally and I was placing at everything. You got to be super consistent if you're going to make money at the, at wrestling. If not, the McDonald's guy, when you go to buy a burger, he's making more money than you, you know. Um, and you're and you're working, you know, I'm not going to say you're working harder than them because, yeah, I don't know their job. But you're working, you're putting in the, the, the same hours, if not more, more probably more hours, uh, putting your body through a lot of uh, grueling things. There's uh, no, no easy place to go. No. Nope. Just no easy place to go. All right, well, Joe, uh, let's get to your immediate future, if if we might hear. Um, if I think you have a, an event coming up, is that this weekend? Yep, this weekend, Freestyle and Greco tournament. Uh, I'm paired up with the Colorado Hall of Fame, um, so you know, which is great. You know, we help the Hall of Fame out by you know kind of doing this fundraiser tournament, and it helps my club out. But uh, it's the Betterman Elite Hall of Fame tournament. Uh, this Saturday, May 6th, we're hosting it at um, my wife, Deanna. We're hosting it at her high school and middle school. They're connected. Um, so we're going to be we're going to be running eight mats. We also have I, I wish I switched in the state now that I'm the chairman. We have university level wrestlers. We have an age group for university level. So. Oh, is that right? There. Oh, no, yeah. I, I was unaware of that. OK, we're trying to get it to catch on more out here in Colorado. Um, I got some good colleges behind it. But getting the kids, you know, more committed is, is another story. But I think the more we keep uh, marketing it and stuff like that, we'll get more. But uh, it's going to be a good event. I, I probably expect anywhere from 250 to 300 kids at this event. And, uh, you know, we're doing custom good, no? medals. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, uh, we just want to keep the kids wrestling. You know, they get out of this grueling folk style season and um, then they go on to soccer or baseball, or whatever these kids go to track and. 
we want to keep them wrestling because, you know, as you get older and, and Dennis can contest this and with the kids at his youth club that he deals with, at some point in your, your, at your, your adolescence, you're going to have to decide what you're going to do. You don't have to make some big grown-up decisions, but you're going to have to decide, am I going to be a soccer player? Am I going to play the trumpet or am I going to be the best in the, you know, best wrestler is my goal to be the best wrestler in the world. And, um, you know, to have 250 kids in Colorado or 300, whatever it's going to be, want to choose to, to wrestle. I think, you know, we're, we're moving forward, you know, wrestling is, we're starting to double out here in Colorado, which is great. Okay. And if you don't mind also, uh, what is it? It's May. What, what, when do kids get out of school in Colorado? Uh, they, they get out sometime in May. I think it's like the second or third week of May. They'll get out. Um, if I'm, if I'm not sure something around there, what do you got going on as far as camps for betterment elite? So we got a couple different camps this year. Um, I've got a camp that I'm paired up. So it's weird. You know, so we talk about freestyle and you know, all the, all the different styles and, and um, uh, I got a camp paired up with Mike Martinez. Michael Martinez, I don't know if you know who that is um, or remember him. He was a freestyle wrestler. I went to Azerbaijan with him in uh, 2008. And then Deanna, my wife, she's going to be the women's side of that. So you got a freestyle men, freestyle women, and then you have myself as a Greco. And we're doing a camp um, June 22nd through the 26th down in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. This is the first year I'm doing it. Um, which is very cheap camp. I think it's a, it's going to be a three day camp and it's only going to be a uh, hundred bucks. You know, the kids are getting like six sessions. They get to stay there at the complex, you know, at the high school, they can camp out, they can bring tents, sleeping bags, sleep on the mats, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, then I got my next, you know, the bigger camps. We got an intensive camp, uh, seven day intensive training camp, um, July 2nd through the 8th. That's a pre Fargo camp that I run out here. Um, because Colorado USA wrestling doesn't really run a Fargo camp yet. We're getting to that this year. We'll have a three day camp. Um, and the kids will come and live with me for seven days, um, train three three times a day. You know, that's going to be, you know, it's not all going to be wrestling. It'll be strength and conditioning, running, swimming. We do it all. We do the incline. And then we'll have another one, another camp, a smaller camp, a two day camp, July, the weekend of July 29th in Trinidad, Colorado, all the way by New Mexico. Again, only 100 bucks. You get six sessions. I've got Max Nowry as one of the clinicians right now. Spencer Mango did it the last two years, so I'm sure he'll probably be one of our clinicians as well. Down in Trinidad, Colorado, again, the kids get to sleep on the mats. It's only 100 bucks, and they get six sessions with us. And then um, we're doing one more camp August 6th through the 12th, a folk style camp. I'm a Greco guy, but I do – Teach folks down that I've been coaching this folks style for all these years, but I also throw top bottom neutral or defer. Yeah, my I'm always going to be neutral, more likely, maybe sometimes top, but I'm never picking bottom in folks style. But uh, but we do a folks style camp, but I show a lot of throws. And the 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 fun thing I have with that camp is I get to pitch Greco in folks style, so I get to get these kids to buy into using Greco to benefit their folks style. If you get an underhook on a kid in folks out, they freak out. They start backing their hips away. They don't, you know, they start putting their head down, and I can snap them out from a front headlock or, you know, whatever I'm going to do, get a stalling call. Um, but I get to pitch that stuff, get to pitch throwing, you know, lateral drops or even body locks. I had, like, an 8-year-old doing body locks all season this year, which was great. 
Then I had another kid that wanted nothing to do with folk style, but he only wrestled to get matches in, and he all he did was double underhooks and throw bars. So, um, you know, so we got some good camps lined up this summer, and if anyone's interested, we take them from all states. You know, if anyone's interested in any training, we'd love to have them, and uh, love to even have Dennis come out and do a camp with me. It, I'm with, oh, Dennis is great. Dennis is an idol to me. You you and I hope he's an idol to the rest of this nation, because I think. Uh, People tend to forget, you know, when we when we retire, uh, you know, who we were and things like that. And when you got a guy like Dennis Hall in the United States and we're not utilizing him for more of our senior level coaching and, you know, really grabbing his knowledge of the sport. I mean, we're doing ourselves an injustice. So I I I look up to Dennis like, you know, like he would be a dad to me. Well, he's not old enough to be a dad, but he's definitely my brother in arms when it comes to wrestling. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, that's uh, it's an incredibly nice thing to say about him. Uh, well, I'm trying to get him out here for a camp too. Uh, <laughs> I don't say <laughs> no. I, I love I'm Dennis. Whenever, man. I you talk to him my, more often than I house, talk to my man. wife, and I don't say that nice stuff about him. <laughs> uh, okay, well, to if I have this right, Joe, you can correct me, but. Uh, Betterman Elite Wrestling is on Facebook, and that's that address is actually at be.elite.wrestling. And then, of um, course... Yeah, I think so. And then we also have a Betterman Elite Wrestling website. Oh, you, you do have an actual platform now? Uh, is, yeah, what you is, know, I got, I got a wrestling... I got a wrestling dad that, uh, that he does marketing. He just made it for us. I was like, hey, that's awesome. So we have BettermanEliteWrestling.com. Um, that's up and running. And also betterbeneliterestling.com, b.elite.wrestling on Facebook. And Twitter Twitter is uh, at Betterman Elite. And as always, we like to close with Dennis Hall's Twitter. <laughs> oh, I got to hear this. I don't think I've heard this before. Dennis Hall's Twitter is at... Dennis Hall, WGW, and um, he can't wait to participate. He can't wait. He can't, I can't even say it. He can't wait to participate in all the tweeting. He just can't help it. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a technology, huh, Dennis? He's busting you on the technology. Hey, I don't even. I have Twitter up, and Dennis, I don't even use that. How many? What the? How can I keep up with all these social medias? I got Facebook, which is great. I love Facebook. That's cool. Get an intern. How am I going to keep up? How am I going to? That's why I, I actually do need to hire someone because I got. How am I going to keep up with Twitter, Instagram? Uh, what are we going back to MySpace? I mean, I what? What am I? There's there's so many out there that it's just ridiculous. Snapchat. I mean, I, I just can't keep up with them all. I'm not a. That's not my angle. I'm a wrestler. I'm here. My put a guy put on this earth to wrestle. I can't keep up with all this social media stuff. Exactly. Same here. And we can hire Tim. I think what we should do is you can't. Dennis you cannot and I, afford me. Um, <laughs> easy now. Me. We. I think we can. We'll figure I, it out. We'll try. In in that spirit, um, obviously fivepointmove.com's Twitter is at five pt move. Uh, Joe, listen. Um, I really appreciate you uh, hanging out. I'm sure Dennis does, too. Uh, we were really glad to get you on, especially following an event of this magnitude, you know? You know, it was a, it was a great event. Um, you know, I got to – for me, it was good, cool because, you know, 
kind of stay relevant, I guess you could say, because, you know, I'm not competing anymore. And I, I was telling my wife as she's struggling, cutting weight, you know, we're talking and I said, you know how much this hurts me not to wrestle. I show up at these events and I don't get to compete anymore. And I think Dennis probably feels the same thing. You know, when you know you still you still have that drive and you can do it. And for me, I was still freshly, you know, kind of new to being retired. And I'm, I'm like, man, I can still beat these guys up. I can still smash all these guys. You know, this guy did this, this guy did that. And I could I could walk in the room today and beat them. Um, so it was nice to go to a tournament and still be relevant. People know who I am. And, and then we had the 10 year reunion for winning worlds in 07. I was right. That's right. To be yeah. a part of that team. So I was very fortunate to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just a blessing all around. And, uh, hopefully I'll be going to more opens and more world team trials now. And uh, I'm almost out of the army on a personal note. Um, I'm almost out of the army. I got, I think I got about two or three more months left and, uh, and focusing on coaching 100% and, you know, trying to guide our youth to win an Olympic and uh, world medals, just like Dennis is doing, you know, and I think him and I are going to, once we start getting together more, we're going to be uh, a force to reckon with uh, on on the coaching side and, and uh, even against, you know, getting some of our ideas across to, to some of these NGBs and things like that. No, I think that sounds like a dynamic combination. Um you know, look at, uh, I think what you've done already, uh, you know, post-retirement is extraordinarily impressive, you know, quite admirable, the way that you've grown your club, and then look how involved you are, you know, with your state federation, um, you know, maybe maybe politics is next. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I, I, I've been messing around, joking around, saying I'm going to take over USA Wrestling. I think Dennis would like that. Uh, yeah. But that's uh, that's just a little joke. I would say I'm going to take over USA Wrestling, and who knows? You know, I'm I'm actually I want to. My goal right now, and I was talking to my wife. I would like to be the 2020 Olympic coach, one of the coaches. And I know there is politics to that and things like that, but I I think I have something to bring to the to the table, and I think that uh you know hopefully the national office sees that, and I can you know give my experience to try to help these guys win some medals. I tell you what, definitely could use you. Be a great asset yeah, on any team. Sure. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you very, very much uh, for coming on tonight. You know, uh, Hall, I guess I'll extend that thank you to you as well for no reason. Hey, um, no problem. Joe, once again, we really appreciate it. Thanks a, a whole lot. And, uh, you know, obviously we will, of course, certainly have you back on. Um, anyway, so that's it for this episode. Once again, follow Dennis Hall on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Dennis Hall WGW, fivepointmove.com, at 5ptmove.com. That's it for this episode. Thank you very much, everybody. Goodbye. Part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.